welcome back to another episode of In Depth. My name is Luke Hareka and I'm a surf coach in Ombi. If you're new to Ombi, we take a look at surfing from the perspective of ocean, mind, body and equipment. In this podcast, it's all about straight to the point tips. Things that you can take away, implement into your surfing, things that change the way you view your surfing. This week is a continuation in some part of the previous two weeks being barrel riding and how to make your pop-up consistent. And this is all about steep takeoffs. So what's the worst thing that comes to your mind when you think of a steep takeoff? Is it fear or is it excitement? Is it the excitement of speed or getting barreled? Maybe just bigger waves? Or is it just past experiences of going over the falls again and again, or that initial fear of just paddling into them, or the crowds and everything else associated with those bigger days. Well, after being the most requested topic, I'm gonna break down everything about steep takeoffs. Whether that's for shoulder high waves, or barreling, double overhead, there will be advice in here for you. This will also cover adjustments for the equipment you're riding. Let's just get this out of the way. Your mind is the biggest issue for you in regards to steep takeoffs. I've covered some of this in how to fall and how to manage bigger waves and fear, confronting the mental side of surfing, the previous episode to this one. It doesn't matter how good your technique is or how long you've been surfing for. If your brain suddenly turns to cactus, or you get hit with a stupid stick on a steep takeoff, it's going to go bad. Fear, stress, anxiety, that sudden feeling of, oh crap, am I being lifted, is going to want to take over your focus and control you. You need to take power and control away from that. Take control of your mind or it will control you. You already know how to move. You already know how to pop up. You just need your mind to get out of the way and allow your body to act. Like I said about last week's episode, this is where you want to implement that technique. And the short of it is that you paddle in, expelling positive energy, exciting energy to eject your brain and not hesitate or worry about what may happen. And you do this by sticking your tongue out and making the most obscene noises you can while you paddle in. It'll distract you from all the negative self-talk or doubt and hype you up. That's the purpose of it. So what this all boils down to for steep takeoffs is you don't wanna hesitate. You need to breathe and think about where you are looking. Hesitation is going to snowball into negative self-talk. And those three things about what I just mentioned, it's gonna change the whole mental experience of steep takeoffs. If you hesitate, you will bring in self-doubt. You will then amplify all the noise around you. Where is that person? Can I do this? Can I take that line? So on and so forth. Don't give yourself any time to hesitate and snowball into negative self-talk. You need to breathe. Breathing is essential. It sounds dumb, right? We all know we need to breathe to live. It's something we do subconsciously. 
So why do I need to think about breathing? When we prepare for pain, when we think we might get hurt, we naturally tense up and protect our organs and face. What this also causes us to do is to hold our breath. It makes the muscles tighter. So wherever you are now, I want you to try this. And tense up to protect our body. And if you try tensing up right now, wherever you are, clench the fists and lock the body up tight. Hold it for a couple seconds and then start breathing out. You instantly notice that tension starts falling away. It's harder and harder to hold that tight, tense posture. This tension you've just experienced is not going to allow you to move easily at all. So during the waiting, paddling into a wave, riding a wave, pretty much every single part of your surfing, you want to be aware of your breathing. Because when you see your own surfing back, you might notice you're holding your breath sitting around with a scary face. And you might notice in other people that most surfers are holding their breath pretty much during any part of their surfing. And they hold this fierce, angry looking face. It's not what we want. So we can control our mind by what it sees. And it goes back to last week's episode again. And also where you're looking is where you're going. You don't want to be looking down at the big scary drop. It's just going to send you there. You have to block that out and look to your exit and the path you want to take, the right line. This will be a hard fight to not do this on steeper waves, but you need to bring this under control, especially at the last second, just as you decide to pop up. Eyes, chin and chest up during the whole takeoff. Look down the line to where you want to go and observe what the wave is doing. You need to see what it's doing down the line so you can judge that first bottom turn or if you need to knife the takeoff and pull in. We also then need to manage our fear of wiping out and how we wipe out. So think about the last time you were out of your comfort zone. You're sitting in bigger surf and you're potentially worrying about something that could happen. That big roll-in set, being held under, going over the falls, not being in the right position. There's so many different fears you may have. Now, think about that one fear. Think about the last time it happened. Now, compare it to how it actually felt when it happened. For a lot of surfers, this will be the fear of wiping out, going over those falls or completely eating it on bigger waves during the takeoff. The fear of this event potentially happening is usually, for most people, more extreme than the actual event. It's this slow buildup of stress and responding to the environment, allowing that stress to keep building. And we keep that, that constant slow burn of something behind us that's chasing us, that's what we're feeling and it doesn't let up. When it happens, we generally know what to do. Go with the flow, don't fight it, don't burn your oxygen, roller coaster, just go for a ride and when it ends, swim up. And you realize the actual event isn't anywhere near as bad as the fear associated with it potentially happening. 
there's almost a release of that fear when it happens and you just go with it. So like I said, think roller coaster when you wipe out. Just let go. Enjoy the ride. Don't fight it. Wait for the wave to let you go. It's only going to be a few seconds. And you can count those seconds out to stay calm. When it lets go of you, swim up. A good way of dealing with this is just to take early hits. This again comes back to an early episode about how to manage fear and bigger waves. Take the early hits, increase your exposure to these environments, and it will get easier. The more and more of these hits that you take where you realize the actual event is less scarier than the event potentially happening is going to expand your comfort zone. That is the majority of all the mental things that can go on. Now, there are episodes that dive into deeper parts of it, like I've said, and I really suggest that you sit down and look at where some of those things may be affecting you because that's going to be the biggest hurdle for you to overcome. If your mind is cactus or you're hit with a stupid stick, it doesn't matter how good your technique is. Now, the rest of this episode is going to be covering technique on how you can nail those takeoffs. This kind of puts it into perspective that the first 10 minutes of this is all about the mind and that's our biggest problem. So hopefully if you're skipping around, go back and listen to it if you haven't. So I'm going to break it down into stages and I'm going to follow this order. I'm going to break it down into paddling in, when to pop up, the actual pop up, dropping in, positioning the takeoff. I will break out into the different scenarios And then finally, at the end, I will talk about how you can navigate your equipment for steep takeoffs. I've moved positioning the takeoff down the list because your position will then impact how you drop into that wave. For most average surfers, they won't be thinking about positioning at all, and they're just going to act. So I've tried to separate all these different variables to just try and keep a consistent flow for people to understand that when it breaks apart, here's where things go differently. The other thing to remember is steep takeoffs, waves, different type of breaks, it is heavily nuanced. So this will be a generalization of some of these approaches and you need to take the information and apply it to what you've got. Starting with paddling in, I want you to think of one thing. Stop stress paddling. How you paddle in for a wave is so important. We've just established you want a calm mind so you can act. So stress paddling is just going to start building up those negative emotions or doubt. Starts building tension. This paddling in, chin down, furiously trying to get as fast as possible is not a faster stroke. You're never going to paddle as fast as the wave or overpower it. You know when you paddle back out to get to the lineup to relax chin up, chest up, and paddle out because it's more efficient and comfortable. You've got to try and avoid the mad stress paddle in which you end up just splashing more water. You want the same paddle as when you paddle out. Chin up and chest up will give you more space to make a proper stroke to get your arms forward and down. Chin down will just make you lizard paddle where your strokes are going more sideways than forwards. You also have the power zones in a wave with the strongest force being the water drawing up the wave, you want to tap into that power to get yourself into the wave early. The steeper the wave, the stronger and faster that water is drawing up the wave. This is where you want to use the Oreo biscuit technique 
where you put weight into the back of the tail of your board to push against the water drawing up. This will push against the board and push you forwards, allowing you an easy paddle in to catch the wave. Work smarter, not harder. The whole technique around paddling is a whole other podcast episode. But do think about that the next time you're paddling back out to the lineup in whatever conditions. Play with your paddling, positioning your body, chin up, chin down. Feel the difference. When you want to catch a wave, it's the same stroke. We know to go out, relax, have a good stroke, make space for it. You just want to do it with more efficiency and effort, but you're always going to be aiming for about 80% effort. You're never looking for 120% effort. This then gets you to the point of when do you pop up? With so much water drawing up the wave, this is where you can get scared or look down at the bottom of the wave. With bigger waves, this will be more obvious and can feel like you're being sucked up the wave. You'll know when to pop up when you feel that glide. Glide is where you're gliding down the wave and the board is just being pushed by the wave. You'll feel that push, that lift, that energy. The board will want to start going down the wave and this is when you want to start your pop-up. So how do we find that feeling then? If you aren't familiar with that feeling, you're going to want to find it in easier waves. You can go and practice this in any wave, but the trick is that force is strongest in the pocket. So positioning is key. You need to position your paddling closest to the pocket to feel that lift so you can glide in. This doesn't work well on the shoulder where the wave is fat and lumpy. The trick to finding this feeling is just to forget about your pop-up and stop at cobra pose where you push yourself up on your arms. This will stop you from paddling and popping up and just focus on feeling the lift from the wave and how that should feel. Then play with it until it becomes routine. But we also want to make sure that we don't go over the falls. And on bigger waves that are steep and breaking fast, you want to be popping up roughly around the middle of the wave face. This is where you feel the wave sucking up and you don't want to be doing this closer to the top of the wave. As you start being drawn up the wave, and if you felt this, you know what this feels like. You're being pulled up higher and higher. Otherwise, by the time you get to your feet, if you're taking off at the top, you may be going over the falls and it's too late. You want to be aware of that. But you need to make sure that you've got that push from the wave that when you get to your feet, you don't just sink and go heavy. You need that forward momentum. This then gets us to the pop-up. And it's all the same. It is just faster. You need to act. You can't have the previous self-doubt and all these other issues. You just need to do. Hence the previous past episode. So it's hell yeah or wipeout. You need to commit in this situation. You can't fuss over it. You need to just act. The more you delay, self-doubt, second guess, look at the bottom of the wave, or any other form of hesitation, the closer you are to going over the falls or wiping out awkwardly. Fear can put you in awkward positions. And here, that hesitation and fear combined with bad timing is when we can injure ourselves easier. So it's either a hell yeah, 100% commitment, or it's a nah. Obviously, there are going to be scenarios where you can be 100% hell yeah and have to pull out because you may drop in on someone. Always remember etiquette, especially in more powerful waves. 
there's a previous podcast episode on etiquette. I think it's in the 20s, 24 maybe. You've got to commit not just on the paddling, not just on the pop-up, but also after your pop-up. It's like a mini checklist and it'll stress you at each stage. You want to commit and then be in a somewhat lunging position on the front foot accelerating, not being heavy on the back foot and leaning into the drop. You want to nail the takeoff. So just FYI, there is so much nuance and situational conditions for steep takeoffs. There is one situation where you want back foot pressure, but for the most part, you want to lean into it. You want to imagine you're rolling down a skate ramp. If you're back foot heavy, you're just going to go backwards on your head. You want to lean into the ramp and 100% commit to riding down the ramp or dropping in. It's the same thing here. You need to lean into that takeoff. So you already know how to pop up. Don't complicate it. Don't change it. Just commit. Act quicker and get done with it. A trick to this is focusing on what comes next or down the line. Trying to predict and see what the wave will do. This will take you out of overthinking your pop-up. And just do. Focus on something other than the pop-up. Don't add pressure to it. Similar to the barrel riding episode, when you're dropping in, you want busy legs and a quiet upper body. Your legs are going to do all the work here. So getting into that lunging position, the upper body then needs to look where you want to go and just make those micro adjustments to maintain control and balance. You, want, you don't want to be backbending here. A stacked neutral stance will keep balance and control while allowing you to see everything. When you're dropping in, it's all about being stable and picking a line. You want to pick the path you want to take to navigate the drop. Bottom turn, stall, tuck in, whatever you're going to do. This is like thinking a few steps ahead and will keep you from overthinking everything. That stability in your stance is going to come from your legs. They'll be so busy and an easy way to think of them is like shock absorbers in a car and driving at high speed. The shock absorbers are working hard, yet the feeling inside the car is that it's barely moving. And then when you turn, it's a small adjustment to turn, not sudden movements to jerk the car. There's a trick you can help with this, and that's feeling versus sight and how to predict the wave. And your sense of feeling is so much stronger than your sight. You can see the wave drawing up and standing up quickly, but to feel that is so much more powerful. So when you get to your feet and are dropping in, if, and this is a big if, as it's so nuanced in each situation, using your hands and body to feel the wave will give you so much feedback on how much water is moving, how is it breaking, and how to hold that rail and keep the line. The more resistance on your hand or body will help you understand how hard your legs need to work to hold that line, and it can help navigate the micro adjustments. To feel the wave. Touch is better than vision. This is not a point to say, hey, stall, but you can gently get your hand to feel that water. And after a while, you will, and more exposure, you're going to start understanding and feeling how much water is moving and how to adjust to suit that. When it comes to positioning the takeoff, we need to remember there was so much nuance in positioning and dropping in that it's better to break out 
some of the common situations you may find yourself in. Ideally, you want to position yourself to take the line you want to take. Think about that. What line do you want to take into that wave? Often, the average surfer will be looking for safety, feeling uncomfortable, and will paddle themselves out of position, sitting way out on the shoulder. You need to sit closer to the peak and read the wave. But depending on the conditions, you may not want to be right in the middle of the peak, as this will stand up so quickly, you either end up dropping in under the lip or going over the falls. This is nuanced, but will depend on the waves, the wind, positioning, skill level, and how comfortable you are. Backdooring the section is an easier takeoff and will get you barreled easier. Think about that for a minute. How does that work? If you're on the peak, you'll be taking off under the lip where it breaks so quickly. If you can get on the shoulder a bit more, it's a more mellow takeoff. But taking off on the shoulder, you don't want to race ahead of the wave and miss the best section or think you're going to get barreled and all you do is get your leg right barreled. So if you want to squeeze in and get barreled, it'll be an easier takeoff to position yourself just to the side of the main peak, slightly off on the shoulder and angle and fade the takeoff. You'll take off looking to go one way, say left, make the takeoff easier and more mellow. And as you're dropping in, you want to then fade back to the right and pull in to the right. It's easier to navigate a steep section on your feet than lying down trying to get to your feet. This will also help put you in the pocket and where the wave may barrel first. It's a mental hurdle to get over as you are openly saying, I'm going to throw myself into the scariest part of the wave, but you're making it oh so much easier. This is infinitely easier than taking off under the lip. And to add on to this, coming from the barrel episode two episodes ago, the average surfer needs more exposure to a barrel. And this is going to get you there. You want to be deep in it. It's more about finding time and building that exposure up in the barrel rather than nailing the takeoff and did I get barreled, did I not, did my leg rope get barreled. Just be in there and get more comfortable and rack up more time inside. Who cares if you come out or not? If you're trying to improve, do this. If the wave breaks too quickly, your timing is off, it stands up suddenly, or it has some wobble or steps in it, you may find yourself airdropping down the face. You have two options. Full commit, hell yeah, hell yeah, or bail. Jump off and make sure you clear your board and penetrate the water so you don't get sucked back over the faults. If you commit to the airdrop, this is going to be so nuanced for each situation, but you want to adjust how you drop into suit. Often, you'll have your nose heading straight down, and this is just going to penetrate the water. You want to lean on the back of the board so you drop flat instead of nose first. Put pressure on the inside rail toes to keep the rail in line so you don't get thrown into the flats. This is so important. As you airdrop, you have no resistance on your rails. But if you want to take a line, hold a line, or land properly, you're going to have to set that rail quickly. You need it to hold. So you're almost predicting how much pressure you need on that rail. So when you land, you can quickly adjust to suit. This is also so you don't just slide out 
and propel yourself into the flats. Miss the section, or worse, take the lip on the head. It's a skill you'll fail at, and you need to embrace the suck to nail it. Ideally, you don't want to take off under the lip. It is so much harder, and it's your body just needs to react so much quicker. A tip for this is setting your upper body to pick the line you want. And for your legs, when they drop in, and to get to set that line and rail, you're going to need to work overtime. This is where your upper body can come in to help. Force and pull your legs back up under you to hold and control that line. What ends up happening as you drop in, your upper body is looking down the line, trying to set that line as soon as possible. But the lower body and the legs are working overtime, nailing the drop and then having to pull up and under you so quick to keep the board under your feet. It's a pretty advanced skill. I haven't really gone into too much detail about it, but you're kind of imagining that your upper body is going one way. And as you nail this drop, you need to create the space and allow your legs very quickly to pull up under you so that they pull the board with you and they come up and you're going where you want to go. It's really advanced. I'm going to gloss over it because it's a very situational thing. The final part of all this positioning is alternating all of this to backside. And it's a whole other skill. The main thing is for most surfers, we're talking, you know, you're not the pros. We're just average surfers. Don't let go of the rail. You're going to be in an awkward position and you want to keep that inside rail engaged and holding your line. Depending on the wave and line, you could be feeling almost upside down and out of control in this position. This is because you have less control on your backside. There's less fine control and coordination in your heels than there is your toes. Your toes have evolved for balance and to do a range of different movements. The heels are pretty limited and range of motion and weight distribution. This is why you want to hold the rail. You want to help hold the rail for the inside using your hands to guide the line and counteract all the water rushing up the face of the wave. Your outside arm will grab the rail. Your heels will guide and lean onto the rail depending on how much pressure you need. And then you need to look ahead to the line you want to take. You need to be able to compress down into your knees here. You can't backbend. You'll have most of your pressure on the front foot with your back foot practically rolled down on its side and the back knee finding where it's comfortable. If you backbend, you will lose composure, balance, and control. You want your back upright to be able to move freely, create space for the arms and legs, and keep the head up so you can see where you want to go. The rest is then similar to before. It'd be easier to knife the takeoff going back door than under the lip and a similar application to air dropping. You can then use your inside arm, bum, or side to feel the wave and how much water is drawing up the wave to adjust your line and rail. Equipment is really going to play an important role in how you navigate these steep takeoffs. There is so much nuance in each board and wave, but the rough guidance is to match the rocker of your board to the shape of the wave. Your rocker is the bend in the side profile of your board, giving it that banana style shape where the nose is pulled up and the tail is pulled up. The more rocker it has, the less flat the board will be and the more pulled up the nose and tail will be. 
Longer boards will struggle and flatter boards will have more surface area of the board connected with the power zones of the wave. And they can be extremely fast and hard to control on top of not fitting into the wave very well. This is where on bigger days, a lot of surfers are going to opt for a step up. They're going to add more volume to help with the paddling, but they don't opt for going wider, fatter, or flatter. They typically go for longer and allow for a more pronounced rocker to suit hollow waves. This is also where quads, they're fantastic at holding a line and being faster when compared to thrusters. A thruster turns much better, whereas the quad will have more surface area on the inside fins, helping control the board and less drag in the middle, allowing water to flow faster through the middle of the board and get more speed. Twin fins and single fins are going to make this harder as there is less control. But hey, we've all seen clips of Josh Kerr knifing huge waves in the Menowise on a 20. If you don't have a step up though, or a board suited to steeper drops, you're going to have to angle these takeoffs. You're going to have to apply some nuance in how you go in and how much pressure you put on the front foot and the back foot so that you don't nosedive. And how much angle is going to depend on your board and the shape of the wave. You'll need to angle the board enough that it fits into the shape of the wave and doesn't nosedive. If you're on a long board and on more mellow waves that aren't barreling and just taking a steeper drop from what that board is used to, you want to learn to angle and stall on the takeoff. This is just aiming the board more horizontally than going straight down the wave. And then as you drop in, you want to shift the weight onto your back foot and you can do this by lifting your arms up. Your arms will be in front of you normally, committing to the drop and leaning in. But if you lift them up higher or over your head as well, as shifting back onto your back your weight a bit, you'll transition most of your weight to the back foot. It's now a case of controlling this movement as this will weight the tail and pull the nose up. You want to hold and control this movement until you can make the drop and transition back to leaning into the drop. This doesn't need to be held. You can micro adjust it to suit at any time. Just know you'll wipe out a lot of your speed and then need to make it back up again, especially if the wave is fast. So in summary, the mind is your biggest hurdle in faster, steeper, and bigger waves. You want to calm it so you can get out of your own way and stacked. You want to find the techniques that work for you to eject your brain and allow yourself to act. This can be achieved by breathing out, looking where you're going, and finding ways to psych yourself up to avoid any hesitation. If you do wipe out, just relax. Remember roller coaster and let go. Wait for the wave to let you go and you'll realize it's only been a few seconds. Then you want to position yourself for the line you want to take. Don't stress paddle in and try to feel the wave lifting you for that feeling of gliding in. You want to start popping up at the point which you should hopefully feel around the midpoint of the wave. If you're at the peak and taking off under the lip, it might end up with you going over the falls if you time the pop-up too late. When you do pop up, it's a hell yeah or nah. 100% commit or don't. No second guessing, no looking down at the bottom of the wave. The pop-up is the same, no different. Just do it faster and calmly. Your legs are going to do most of the work while your upper body makes the micro adjustments. Lean into the drop and pick the line you want to take. Remember, backdooring it will be a more mellow takeoff and can set you up in the barrel easier. After that, 
It's all about nuance, positioning, and the line you're taking. So hold your rail, feel the wave, and if you can, adjust to suit. If you don't have the appropriate board, think about getting a step-up board or a board with a rocker to suit the shape of the wave. Otherwise, you're going to need to angle the takeoff and remember to stall if you're on a longer board that may nosedive. This has been a big guide and it's been a big kind of three interlinked podcasts. It's a lot to take in. So I want to know, has this given you the missing pieces on how to help you and navigate these steep takeoffs? Will it motivate you to surf bigger waves, hollower conditions? Were you aware of how much the mind affects your technique and ability to make these takeoffs? I'd love to know. You can reach out anytime. You can either message me in the community app, which is free. You can find the link in the show notes below, or you can send me an email to info.onb.co. If you do want to improve your surfing, you can start a 14-day free trial with the link in the show notes below. This will give you instant access to all of our training programs and we have our beginner and intermediate structured follow-along training programs for six and 12 sessions each. And then we also have our monthly maneuver deep dives where each month we launch a new maneuver and we break it out into structured training program giving drills for beginners, intermediates and advanced surfers to focus on that one drill. And if you're still not sure, you wanna know more about OMBI, we have our completely free OMBI method training program This is all about explaining where you're at in your surfing, going through the motions, how this whole learning experience happens, while also giving you some training and some tips to help improve your surfing. It's completely free. You'll find all the links in the show notes below. Otherwise, next week, I'll be diving into breaking down your surf fitness. And this has also been something that people have wanted to go through. But I actually want to focus on what you need and how to determine if your fitness is holding you back or if it's something else. It's gonna be a quick set of drills and things that you can go through to understand where your body's at and is this a problem of fitness, the mind or the body or is it technique? So until then, I'll see you next time.